episode of Paranormal, The New Normal. I'm your host as always, Jeremy, trying to make the world a little more normal, but these days that's hard to do. But the possibilities today for that are high, and that's because my guest is Victoria Raider, and she is a a lot of things, really, from what I've seen and researched into her, but she started a program called why you two shine and i am dying to hear more about that but first things first how are you doing tonight victoria uh i am you know tickled with excitement to find out where we'll be taken on this exciting journey you know i've <laughs> just minutes before me signing on i was working on one of our journals and it as products that we have, and it disappeared in front of my eyes. My first reaction, shock. My second reaction, upset. My third reaction, oh, wait, this is way too cool. This is environment getting me for the show. This will come back in a better, improved version from the space it disappeared into. So how am I doing? I'm super excited and grateful that you've invited me to be here. Oh, my pleasure. I soon as I saw your profile, I'm like, I have to have her on it, it. There's so many possibilities here to talk about. So it's just one of those things. But my first question I ask everybody on the show is though, is what got you into the paranormal slash spiritual world? Like what initiated that spark? You know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tougher question than you realize, right? Because what I truly believe is that the point of being a part of that world and the point of awareness of being a part of that world are two very different points. And very often, the second we become aware, we say, oh, this is when it happened. But for me, when I look at my life, I remember myself as a little kid knowing little things that are going to happen for somebody and then seeing them happening for them and being completely freaked out by it, trying to suppress that, only to come back with a new zeal and being pulled to doing reading on the coffee cups or tea leaves or anything you could get your hands on in the Soviet Union, right? No tarot cards that are 1999. <laughs> you know, just whatever <laughs> the expression of seeking what truly has become an intuitive reading. And then there was a moment, a very sacred moment in my life where I think the awareness of the two worlds converged. And that is when my daughter was extremely sick. And I've come to understand the power of what they're called priesthood blessings, the blessings where you receive through a channeled spiritual power. And I prayed to have the masters or those that hold the priesthood as I at that point understood it to come give her a blessing. And so among many of them was one of my uh, relatives, my husband's dad, who passed on. You know, and once you see or experience something, something of a kind, nobody can take it away from you. It becomes a part of your daily reality. And so she's received that blessing at a really incredible crossover between this world here now and the world of those that have departed and yet are fully alive. And she immediately, she was about three, it was middle of the night, her 103 fever broke, she's recovered fully. And I saw that little miracle and I had to really come to terms with that this world can be a part of my world to the degree I do not fear it. And since that moment, it became a journey of surrendering to love and to the miracle versus fearful perception of something that I didn't know. Wow, that is a incredible story. And you said your daughter was three. How long ago was that? She's 25 right now. Very much oh, into paranormal while doing a regular PhD in neuroscience and statistical behavioral genetics. Well, actually, all those things go with paranormal to some degree. So uh, that works. Yes. Which, all right, well, I mean, that kind of ties into my second question a little bit, but my second question always is what experiences as experiences have you had with any paranormal entities whether they be spirits ghosts aliens extraterrestrials cryptids you pick it like any experiences 
The most scary one where I had to truly understand the concepts, you know, I tend to be in a la-la land. I'm wired to be an optimist no matter what, you know, when my family went through a very tough situation growing up in the Soviet Union, when my dad refused to um, falsify that nothing was wrong with Chernobyl, he was a journalist who came back and said, nope, it's poisonous. And we went from a family with great social status to a struggling family where my mom and I were one pair of boots, she to work and then I to school, <laughs> going back and forth. But even in that time, like it was a fun, miraculous experience for me. So, you know, there are people that see glasses half full. I see like oh my gosh, there's a drop of water. We can live on it forever, you know? So people <laughs> like that, that are naturally wired to be optimists, we tend to justify. We tend to justify things that are bad or sick, seeking for the light there, right? We tend to assume there is no darkness because we're addicted to the light. Now, the reality is, and whoever is listening to this, this might rub, rub you wrong, you know, there is right and wrong, there is light and dark, there just is. And the very fact that if somebody were to say, well, there is no right and wrong, I would say, great, since there is no right and wrong, then the fact that there is right and wrong cannot possibly be wrong. So we're still agreeing. <laughs> Why am I saying that? Because I had a moment of sheer paralyzing darkness where I had to face it and say, no, 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 it's for real. And this was in one of the trainings and a very advanced energy training that was called Seven Planes of Existence for Modality of Theta Healing. It's one of the energy modalities where I was taking it as a practitioner at that time. You know, So this is about seven years ago, six, seven years ago. Great, phenomenal teacher in Arizona, Sedona, Arizona, which, by the way, for anybody who understands the energy flow of the planet is a very strong vortex of energy. The planes converge there in the way that you have beautiful observations of a crack of time-space continuum, so an amazing place. And we are doing an exercise that allows for a person to go into a deep trance to receive some beautiful, to channel some beautiful information. Now, we're working in pairs. I am in one room with my wonderful friend, um, Michelle. We're in one room. My other great friend, Monique, is in the other room working on somebody. And all of a sudden, we hear this screeching, horrifying noise. <laughs> we run into the room, and the person that she was supposed to work on is actually on the ground weaving and making these horrible noises. So we're seeing this. Um, the teacher calls 911 immediately, right? You always want to cover your basic ground. You don't know what's happening. I go in the other room and I tell Michelle, you hold this space. I believe what we're witnessing is the actual possessions. I didn't even believe in them as such up till then. Like I said, bubble girl, you know, what evil spirits, la la land, angels, you know, unicorns. And so I'm, we're watching this body. And so I use the practices that I've been taught, never used before, to remove what I understand to be the dark, heavy energy, however you call it, whether you call it demon spirits, however you would call the heavy, unhealthy, dark energy from this person. And as we witness that energy leave, she stops weaving and on the ground. She stops making the horrific noise. She not only stops being unconscious, making those noises, she comes to full consciousness. At the time the paramedics come and admit her, they admit her being fully conscious. Now, you know, it's one of those experiences where I say, I've made a, made a choice at that time that, yes, I have a gift to clear the energy space, but I no longer need to witness it in such great detail. And so that was an unexpected, you know, because I can talk to you about calling the master, speaking to the angels, you know, being taught by Christ. But all of those were choices of where I ask for a higher energy frequency and I'm nourished by it. The reason I'm using this particular example is because I was thrown in the midst of something that is not a part of my reality. I would never have chosen to have curiosity on and yet I cannot deny. 
So the, the reason I'm sharing it is for anybody who's hearing it is even with that, all of us are stronger than any low frequency energy that we will ever experience in our life if we simply ask for the protection of the light. Some of us choose to play with those. That's great. That's your choice. But for those of you that do not <laughs> and are thrown into it, the choice of safety is your choice. I don't know why it was important, but that's the information that God threw me that got channeled. Well, I mean, I found doing this podcast that any information that's thrown at you is usually valuable in some way. We may not realize it the second, but it may down the line coming back to us and be like, oh, that makes sense now. Yeah. But let's talk about you for a second, because you started this program, Why You Too Shine. And I'm kind of curious about what this program is, because I yeah. looked into it a little bit, but it was a lot to read. So and I was right for on time. So no. So You Too Shine is the name of the company. And the company was founded. Isn't that interesting? Like I said, light bubble here. <laughs> so it's You Too Shine. It's the company that allows for people to connect to the inner light that they have to the power they've come to expand. And then we equip our clients. And as I speak a lot, our the audiences of knowing how to channel the inner power to first reclaim the inner peace, then to find the daily purpose, and through that, live a life of genuine prosperity. What do I mean by genuine prosperity? I've had one too many multi-multi-million dollar clients that were empty, that were unfulfilled. You know, and so to me, no amount of money long-term is worth it. Short-term, if you're broke, and you're like, yeah, try me. Absolutely. You know, that. but long-term true prosperity is only worth it when we, through peace that is inner, discover the purpose that drives our every day. So that's, that's our passion as a company. That is what we do. And every book I write, you know, every app we've created, Empower-Me app, any product you will tap into is a different way of empowering a person to live a life of purpose and prosperity, but without sacrificing their inner peace. Yeah. And I actually didn't notice that I was looking at the apps you made too. And I was like, interesting. I'm like, I never, I never had anybody in the show who actually has designed an app before, which is kind of a, it's a first. And I was like, I'm kind of impressed by it. I'm like, wow. I'm like, <laughs> she, I'm like, she's, she's taking this to every angle and it's amazing. Like that's, amazing thing but well you know you speak of angles and that's actually such a cool way to look at it in eastern philosophy and tradition they talk of seven chakras right the seven energy centers now for me i look at them as possibility centers if the energy flows through them and is expanding their possibilities are infinite if it is stagnant the possibilities are very limited <laughs> You know, and so understanding how to open those energy centers that I call possibility centers is one of the many things our coaches are trained to do. And so the app has three minute meditations because meditation is phenomenal. But unlike so many great gurus, I do not have 40 minutes to five hours to meditate, but I have three minutes. And I found out that a human psyche can achieve the depth within three minutes that it can within three hours if it is guided with proper neuro-linguistic language. So those three-minute meditations are organized by possibility centers, by chakras. If you intuitively feel stagnant in any one of those areas, you can dedicate to listen to one of those meditations every day and truly start noticing humongous shifts because your subconscious is shifting. So it's our love, passion, baby project, the app is. <laughs> And is just out of curiosity, is the app a free app or does there a subscription cost to it? The app is whooping $19.99 a year. So it is affordable for anybody. Um, and it has all kinds of aspects. It's intuitively built. So let's do this. Um, you guys are listening. Jeremy's podcast has got to be number one on Podmatch. So if you're listening, talk to your spirit guides. Let's bring it up for him. I think it's a cool, cool platform you're building here, Jeremy. So one of the intuitive aspects of our app 
is asking a question and receiving an answer. So we're going to ask the app of what would be the prediction or analysis for, for the placement. Let's see. So it matches intuitively, and here is our answer. Our life is frittered away by detail. Simplify, simplify, Henry David Thoreau. What seems complicated is actually rather simple. People show us who they are. When we choose to ignore it, life complicates itself. See people for who they are and make your decisions accordingly. Affirm, I know how to accept people for who they are without the need to condemn or justify. I know how to discern and move forward. I am free. I am me. So with my humble interpretation, there are some people around you that you intuitively feel might be anchors to your growth. And the app is inviting you to let go of those people, to believe that they're showing you who they are, and that will launch your app to a very new height, your podcast to a very new height. So that is why I'm addicted to my app. Interesting. That does hit on many levels, kind of. I mean, and I mean, I, I actually, the guest I had on last night actually might lead to, he actually might lead me to something that builds my podcast tremendously, but we will see that's coming in the weeks to come. But wow. And I also, yeah, you mentioned you wrote some books too, which I actually, I, I included a picture of two of them on the ad for the show. I believe it was the, the You Shine one. And so, yeah, we've got lots of books. There is Until You Win, Until You Shine, Heaven is for Everyone. But the most recent one is called Prosper Me, The 35 Universal Laws to Make Money Work for You. Um, prosperity is the lowest chakra. It's the root chakra. And yet it is the simplest way to know where our energy is stagnant. I was guided to write this book and it was published on June 16th, truly just prior to the first reports of, of huge inflation hitting us. So the book was serendipitously written, I truly believe, at a perfect time. For somebody who is feeling they're sliding along with the global recession to reclaim their path to prosperity through the 35, you know, universal laws. Um, we have a great, great quiz at moneyquiz.me that if you take the quiz, it's once again a fun and intuitive way that matches you with the main emotion that drives you but also that blocks you from your prosperity. So that's probably, you know, that's the most recent book. Um, and uh, we also, we are right now revamping our journals, Manifest Me Journal and Miracle Me Journal. A lot of people invite me to speak on manifesting. So we have a journal that helps one manifest. Which manifestation is something I actually have covered on the show quite a bit, but it always fascinates me because... The idea that you could just put enough thought into something you want to happen or something you want done, and then it can become, which, I mean, that was, I kind of did with this podcast. It was just an idea I had, and I slowly started working on it here and there, and it got to the point now where I just finished over the last three days editing episodes to go out to January. So, I mean, it's it runs itself at this point almost, kind of, but I enjoy doing it, so I keep up doing three to four interviews a week because it. I like talking Amazing. to people about this type of stuff. Amazing. But what are your tips for people when it comes to manifesting? Like, is there a yeah. certain se sequence or pattern you do it in? Or Yeah, I will give you all I got in the best way, right? Understanding that is with everything, practice and community is where it's at you know we do gorgeous programs as part of quantum freedom or once a month where we take people through deep manifesting meditations and techniques but i want to give someone who let me just think of the best fastest most efficient way to give you those steps first one you can never manifest what you think you want versus what you actually want what do i mean by that a lot of us don't know what we want we don't. We've been punished for wanting things, right? As kids, <laughs> we've been taught greedy for wanting things. We've been discouraged to want things or somebody wants things for us with such force and power that to get them off our back, we think we want them. Or there is a traditional keeping up with the Joneses. So I got to have something because somebody else has it. 
And I got news for you. That's a path of frustration because you cannot manifest what you think you want. So the first step, and I recommend not skipping through it so you could have a life of miracles and build one, is to answer these four questions in the order that I'm giving them to you to find what it is you want to manifest truly. The first one is write down everything, answering the question, what is it that I want? Everything, good, bad, and ugly. Nobody's judging it. Not you judging you, just everything you want. Number two, what do I want the most? Number three, now we're getting into the juicy meat. What outcomes do I want? Because you see, we only think we want things because we think they'll give us certain outcomes. Why is it that you want the new car? Right? Like I've asked you, why is it that you want the number one? Because if you don't know what it is, you cannot manifest it. So what outcome do you want? And then the fourth most important question is, what outcome do you want the most? Because once you have that key answer, this is the outcome I want the most. You're aligned with your deep desire. And then you take the next two steps. Step number one. Before you go to bed, very important, before you go to bed, you imagine, you drift to sleep, thinking and feeling as if you already have it, whatever that represents for you. So what is that picture and what is the feeling, which is much, much more important than picture or thought? What is the feeling of you having this outcome? Get so emotional, you're almost choking with feeling. Drift to sleep with it. Why? Because your subconscious mind will work on for four hours on creating neural receptors to make you aware of practical signs to support you in the direction of that outcome. That's number one. Number two, when you wake up in the morning the next day, you're going to ask yourself, what is the one action I can take today towards this outcome? However small, however tiny, one tiny action. I break them down in my life to three minutes. Every app I created, every book I wrote, every journal I've created. You know, my first book was Until You Win, uh, Eight Secrets to Winning the Race of Life or Why the Tortoise Always Wins. And I'm not a tortoise, I'm a hare, okay? I am a hare. I'm not a tortoise. So I was like, why do tortoises win? I'm like, help me out. I'm not wired to be a tortoise. So I cannot do nine hours every day. Being a hare, I can do three minutes and I can tell you, you can change your life palpably and prominently with three minutes a day, but don't skip the three minutes a day. Take Sunday off or Saturday off, whatever you want to make a sacred day, take one day off from creating. But other than that, that outcome, that feeling, what is the one tiny step I can do today to support that vision? Take one. It doesn't overwhelm you. See, I like that because I people all the time on here tell me like you need to meditate if you want to because I've had psychics tell me like you have abilities I can sense it but you need to start trying to meditate and get into those abilities and I'm like I don't have time to meditate <laughs> like I have a full time job I'm on four podcasts I have two kids I don't have time to meditate but you got three, three minutes, minutes my friend you got I do minutes. and three minutes I mean. Yeah. Give up one give up one smoke break a day, and that's pretty much right there. <laughs> three minutes, so that could work. And it's yeah. funny because when you're talking about the outcome part and like think about the outcome you really want and why you want that outcome, like like well, example for my to get my show to be number one on Podmatch, I want it because I want to get my podcast out to all the people that can hear it. Mm. Like I want the I want the world to hear the people I have in my show because the mm. show isn't about me by any means. I never do solo episodes i don't want i hate hearing myself talk i don't want to hear other people to have to hear me talk <laughs> like i do that enough in other podcasts but this show is about the guests and i want my guests to go out there and spread their message through the world so that's the reason why i want that outcome it's gorgeous so what what your vision then is you're gonna see this person somewhere in philippines okay we'll pick philippines because it's far and distant and exotic in my mind right now when you go to bed you see this person they're standing in the middle of the kitchen and they hear your episode and they're dropping whatever they have in their hands on the ground because for seven freaking years they were praying for an answer and they just heard it on your show. 
and you feel the impact of that one life and you get really choked of the impact of your show. And then all of a sudden you see Philippines light up, Cambodia light up, China light up, and you see that and you feel that, right? And then you create that story before you go to bed every night. And then you see your kid, you said you have two kids, you see your kid coming to you from school and saying, dad, such and such told me they heard your show. It was so cool. Right. And so those are the images of the outcome of the impact that you go to bed with every night. And then you wake up and you say, what is the one thing I can do now? In your case, what is the one additional thing I can do? Because you're already recording the shows. So what is the one additional thing I can do to make sure that it happens? And as you ask that question, you, the universe will answer it. it there is no other way. And it's funny because I asked that question before too and like the next day someone will message me that i want to get in the show and i yeah. never approached i approach, i never approached them about it i may put bugs in their ears to other people but i never approached them about it and then they'll randomly contact me and it's like oh amazing and thank thank you david i i appreciate it and i like the thing i do but i don't want to be i like to be modest so <laughs> but i I mean, but we did just hit 700 plays, so I'm not complaining. It's amazing. For less, than, for less than a year, I'm taking that as a win. But Amazing. So we talked about the good of manifesting, but with good, there's always bad. What is the bad that people can do when they're trying to manifest? What are the bad things they could think of that would destroy everything they're trying to do? You know, uh, Shakespeare was the greatest manifester of all time teacher manifester, he said to be or not to be, that is the question. So what did he mean by that, really? What do I see him meaning by in terms of metaphysics and manifesting? Um, our subconscious does not understand negation. It's a huge concept. If I'm telling you right now, okay, Jeremy, do not think about your car. Don't think whether you have one. Don't think what color it is. Do not, Jeremy, think what color it is. Like, how did we do, right? You're like, come on, woman. I mean, all I can think about is the color of my car now. So our subconscious mind does not understand negation. So it tunes in and it will help us create either our greatest fear of what we don't want to have or to be or our greatest desire, whatever it is that we want to have and to be. It's just that simple. So when you notice what you notice and when you notice what you feel, you're translating into what it is you're manifesting daily. It truly is that simple. Now, I had an incredible opportunity. Bob Proctor was my coach for, for a brief period of time. He was the guy on secret, an incredible human being really. But he and I had a little teeny tiny not really disagreement, but misalignment. How about we call it that? That he would say, if you want to create something, you have to stay in the energy of that, no matter what. So if you're focusing on creating something, you're a hundred percent in it. And if you get distracted, it's all over. And I'm like, okay, um, human, remember the hair, remember the woman who meditates for three minutes and yet is successful. I'm like, I toss statistics. I don't have one person, not of one person who is statistically capable of maintaining one frequency long term so here's a beautiful truth your dominant frequency will prevail dominant is 51 percent so if you're 51 percent of the time more grateful for your health than complaining about it chances are you will start expanding your health so Notice what you notice. Pay attention to your thought patterns because what we are creating and manifesting is not what is on our secret piece of paper. It is what we daily think, speak, and more importantly, feel. So shift that. And, you know, when things are rotten, don't ask, why did it happen to me? That's a manifesting question. You're going to find out why and more. Ask, how can I make it better? How can I make it better? What's one thing I can do to make it better? And then if things are good, don't ask when it will come to an end. Ask how much better can it be? Like, right, this is how I've grown my business. How much better can it be? Oh, wow. Okay, this is cool. How much better can it be? Yeah. 
exactly. I mean, makes sense. I mean, you, but you don't want to ask how better can it be constantly because then eventually you're going to hit a brick wall and you're not going to get any further, which it, I don't believe that's the case, Jeremy. I think we're here to progress eternally beyond this life. And I think eternity is a very long time and infinity is a very big space, which teaches us there is never a brick wall other than the one that we create for ourselves. Because it doesn't matter how many resources or people come to an end, maybe I will be relentless until there is a hungry child in Africa. How much better can it be? No hunger in Africa. How much better can it be? No kids not having education. Do you think one lifetime is enough for me to solve those problems? So I don't think I'm going to run out of my how much better can it be. I don't think any one of us can. True. I mean, maybe just, maybe just expand your perspective yes. of what you think is better. I mean. Yes, yes, and yes. You know, all emotions are infinite because energy never ends. You can always love more or you can always fear more. Always. And always is a very long time, like I said. <laughs> I think. Well, I, I actually agree with you. And that brings me to a... We should actually touch on that for a minute. Do you... Because I've had a lot I've had a lot of different perspectives on the show about what happens after we pass on. What, what, what happens in the great beyond. I've had... Mm -hmm. It's a waiting room and you're just waiting to come back and be reincarnated so you can do more in this world unless you finished your mission and then you're just finally get to go to whatever's after that. And then I've had the traditional heaven and hell aspect as well as many other variations. What do you believe happens after we pass on? In a nutshell, whatever it is we believe happens. That's going to be our perception until we're ready for a higher frequency of perception. Because this is what I know. We don't believe what we see. We see what we believe. That is as true as true can be. All my work, I tell people I work with BS, belief systems. I take one BS that is limiting and I shift it to a higher belief system. For me, for anybody else. For me, I'll give you an example, silly example, but very powerful in my life. Um, I just shifted my subconscious going from against all odds to what if odds were in my favor? It's a huge shift because, see, the powerlessness in me, the powerlessness in me would say life is against me. All odds are against me. And I've done that for a huge chunk of my life. And then to overcome it, I developed a new system of belief. I'm against all odds. And I've started winning, accomplishing, you know, homeschooling kids while becoming number one percent realtor, money, success, accolades, la, 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 at complete exhaustion. OK, so it's just not that recent that I've said, how about I shift to. What if the odds were in my favor? What if they were in my favor, right? That's a silly example. Why am I giving that? Because the reality immediately backs the belief system that I have. As our consciousness develops, what happens is only what we can perceive happens. One thing is true and cannot be argued. Energy is. It can neither be created nor destroyed. It is only translated, transmuted, and transliterated. That is a non-argued fact of all energy. How we perceive the translation of that energy will be determined by what our eternal essence or the energy of who we are is learning at a time of its expansion. So if your soul is determined to reincarnate because you have to collect couple virtues, so be it. If your soul is ready to converge and go to a higher dimension, so be it. If your soul chose not to believe in eternity and wants to sit in sheer darkness for quite a while, so be it. Free agency is an immutable law. God cannot do for us, God the great overall designer, that we won't let to be done through us. We are in a microcosm of expanding our ability to perceive, and there is a macrocosm. So I can only answer your question, what I believe will happen for Vika, not for Jeremy. 
what I believe will happen for me as I cross over, I actually will become one spiritually with the great energy of all creation. I will progress to a higher frequency of being a divine being that I've come to be. I might choose to come back to this planet or a different planet to share the teachings that are in my heart to share as I have come at this time on this planet. That's in a nutshell what I will do as I cross over. <sighs> I like that. I do. And what's going on, Anthony? Good to see you back. And we thank you. That was, that was incredibly interesting. And I like that view. I do. Because, I mean, and it makes sense because people reap what they sow, kind of. I mean, if you have it in your mindset that this is going to happen, then it's going to happen to you. But, I mean... People are choosing whenever... hell. Jeremy, people are choosing hell right now. Why wouldn't they choose it for a little bit longer, for a couple millennia? We have air and we have light. We have and love. We have air, light, and love. Everything need, one needs to experience heaven. Do we experience heaven? No. We complicate the hell out of it, literally. We're choosing hell. So why would we stop choosing it? A lot of us are going to choose to feel that way for quite a while, for as long as it takes to make a different choice. See, it's funny because whenever my wife gets mad at me, she always says, oh, you're going to hell. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm like, uh, no, I'm not because I'm choosing not to. It's my choice where I go, I believe, and I'm not going there. I have better things planned. I want to go see the other dimensions and see yes. the creatures that live within. Yes. But, now, for me, Christ is very, very important, not in terms of heaven and hell, but because, you know, and I've read every sacred uh, reading, um, writing, but Christ to me is very important because his mission in his own words was to fulfill the law, not to destroy the law. It's his words, not mine, but to fulfill it. And so what is the law? The law is the law of karma, meaning I continue to cycle back and forth, back and forth until I learn every virtue or I can lean into the law of atonement and ask for the master who has mastered it to take it from me. Once again, our choice, right? So there are so many gorgeous choices. And it's, I am with you. You can't put me where God isn't because God is in my heart. Easy. Which, I mean, it's, see, it's funny you say that because I for a long time was a pure atheist. Like I didn't believe in anything. I was an angry teenager, 20 something year old. And then I slowly started becoming agnostic by just listening to other podcasts and eventually from hearing stuff on this podcast, like it just reaffirms my agnosticness because I don't want to give a name to what's out there. I know there's something out there, but I don't want to give a name to it because to me, that's insulting if I call it the wrong name. Until I know for sure and they and it speaks to me, I don't know who I'm talking to. So mm. that's that's you know, my theory. Can, can I share something cool? Because once again, it's channeled through right away, and I never fight that feeling because then, you know, girl won't sleep, and I need to sleep. So I have three dogs to walk, you know, two kids. So I want to share this with you. That's, that's really cool. This is from Abrahamic Covenant. So this is where you would take Judaism, Muslim, and Christianity as a background. And uh, the figure of Moses is, once again, non-negotiable. The fact that Moses takes... Uh, you know, Jews out of slavery, non-negotiable, yep. historic, historic facts. So we're talking history and we say, okay, we, we're not going to become too excited about religious aspect because very much with you, I believe it's an internal process and nobody can force or encourage anybody externally. So, but let's listen to that story that we know has happened. How, how and why, according to Moses, does he take people from slavery and they follow him? We're going to just listen to his story. He says he's talking to the energy of what he believes is the maker, the creator, the source, God. And he asks that energy, which to him comes in a vision of a burning bush or the actual burning bush. However, that fact happens. He asks that same question that you just said. He said, when I come and I'm a nobody and I tell my people follow me who do i tell them that has sent me and the voice says tell them i am the my name is great i am 
Tell him I am has sent you. Now, why is it so key? I have chosen as I say that. Because one of the commandments, as we know it in tradition, in traditional Ten Commandments from Moses is that thou shall not take thy uh, God's name in vain. Well, every time you say, I am broke, I'm a loser, I'm a horrible person, you know what? You're taking God's name in vain. That's where manifesting comes in. What if you started saying, I'm unique, I'm capable, I'm hopeful, I'm driven, I am doing it. Isn't that a cool way to look at it? Anyway. Well, actually, it's funny you say that because I, my son, when he gets upset all the time, like over something that he doesn't get right, he always will just like keep saying to himself, like, I'm so stupid. I'm like, don't <sighs> say that. Say, you need to say, I have a lot more to learn. Not I'm stupid. I have a lot more to learn. That's the right way to phrase it. Because if you keep telling yourself you're stupid, eventually you're going to believe it to a point where you're not going to get out of it. So, and we actually have a question. Does heaven accept paranormal investigators since we consult with the dead? Mm. What do you think, Anthony? I believe if you ask the question, it comes either from fear or from excitement and faith. Heaven is what is in your heart. Where do you think dead people are? Now, I can tell you the theory from Theta Healing. The spirits of those who have forgiven themselves and have surrendered to love, are the frequency of love, and they're experiencing joy. Those that are choosing to carry their burdens are caught in the plane in between this plane and the plane that allows for them to have a peaceful experience. I call them waywards. I send waywards into the light. Those that are tormented by their inability to forgive. So it depends which dead you're talking to and for what purpose you're talking with them. If you're talking for the purpose of serving humanity, I think it's a phenomenal cause. And at the end of the day, whatever is in your heart is what is in your life. So if you feel welcome because you're serving, more importantly, if you can forgive yourself daily and surrender to love completely, that is the process of belonging in heaven, wherever you are. So yes, welcome to heaven. I will be on your opening committee. That's one of the things I do. I welcome people to heaven. Anthony, welcome to heaven. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good answer. I like that. But I see. Let me ask you, let me go this route because I'm kind of interested in this. Because I read in your profile that you witnessed a lot of physical healings in yes. your time. Yes. What were some of the most interesting ones that you witnessed? like the ones that had you shocked beyond belief? A lot of them, but I will share the most current one as is happening in front of my eyes. I'm a, I might become, I may become emotional, you know, heads up. I, I told Jeremy, this, this, this face has fallen on itself many times. So if we're going to have snot, we're going to have snot. That's quite all right. So um, I'm going to take a story from now and then trace it back for you, which is why my faith in God is a great overall designer. However you choose to call it, Jeremy, when you define that source is going to be up to you, but my faith is unshakable because there are too many coincidences or the law of synchronicities. So um, one of the many modalities that I do, as I said, is theta healing, and I do a lot of different energy healing modalities where you witness a greater power of life being extended to a person who is ill until the completion of their healing. You don't control when it happens and you don't control the outcome. Sometimes death is the most merciful outcome of healing. Death sometimes is a healing and knowing that opens your ability to witness miracles. I'm going to give you my client's name right now because she's a miracle and she allows for me to speak, to speak of her. Her name is Crystal. And I've been working with Crystal for two years. Two years ago, she has been diagnosed with uh, an incurable, very unique form of cancer, stage four, and was given a very limited time to live. Um, so much so that her oncologist till this day is wondering why she is still alive. Now, we have not witnessed a complete healing, right? There's, there's still a lot of the disease in the body, but she is alive. She's living with the disease. 
it's very emotional because she's now considered for one of the very unique surgeries. So for all of you who can send energy of love and or pray towards, I would appreciate it because I think it's miraculous when energy converges for one person. And so what where the miracle begins is, as I said, she's not supposed to be alive. The, the, from any perspective, she's not supposed to be alive. They're considering her to be one of the trial patients for the multi-organ transplant where they will be taking a lot of the internal organs, not because they're affected, but because to get to the affected organ, they would have to do so. And um, so a week after week, we've been witnessing changes in the body that have been minimizing the disease. But what makes it incredible is that the way Crystal came into my life was as a mom of my daughter's current boyfriend. And my daughter's current boyfriend was my son's best friend. And he became my son's, my, my daughter is older than my son, he became my son's friend when they were 12, 13-year-old kids. And my son wanted to win the League of Legends and, and reach the highest uh, level. So he set this goal. He needed a team. So he met this kid online. They became friends online. Six or months to a year later, I don't remember the dates exact. The family was going up uh, to New York. We're talking now nine years ago, nine, ten years ago. was up to New York, and they brought um, this young kid by. The boys met, and they became friends. And um, because he lives in Colorado, we live in Virginia, he would spend two weeks during summer break with us, and my son would fly and spend two weeks with him. And as they've traveled back and forth year after year, my daughter went through one relationship. And so all of a sudden, when she was available, and he no longer was 13 or 14, he was 19 going on 20, she's noticed him differently than my son's uh, you know, best friend. She got accepted into a PhD program in the University of Colorado where he lives mm -hmm. and they started dating. They started dating and within weeks, his mom was diagnosed with this cancer. And I offered to her saying, look, because this is such a devastating news, you're given so little time. I have helped a lot of people cross over without fear. I want to offer you sessions until the time comes and that time has been two years of incredible miraculous shifts in her body so i don't know what the rest of the story is but that's my most current daily witnessing of miracles of working with energy my most emotional close to me would be my nephew who was diagnosed with five um, heart conditions in utero, was born and scheduled for surgery to have a surgery two weeks, uh, two days after his birth. He was hook up, hooked up to all of the apparatus that helped his um, uh, coarctation of aorta, which is where it's collapsing, to be opening it and breathing. He had two valves that were not closing. They had uh, several four and six millimeters not closing. He had a hole in his heart and a murmur in his heart. And so the first uh, 24 to 48 hours were most miraculous because we saw the healing of coarctation of artery where he no longer have to have the first surgery. Within six months, the valve self-corrected prior to the second surgery, not necessary. To make a very long story short, within a year, he turned a year old and my tiny little guy was taken off the um, cardiac uh, watch in the junior in the uh, DC Children's Hospital because his heart was deemed to be completely healed. He's six now. He's a runner. My husband is a, I mean, my husband, my brother loves running. So my little guy loves to run. He's very healthy, very strong. And so these are the two facts that I know and believe with every fiber of my being. Any and all healing is absolutely possible if it is not a person's divine timing to cross over. I don't believe any one of us can save anybody else's life. I believe, and I say believe because it's just my system of belief. I am in no way proselyting it. I'm sharing my heart. I believe that 
the moment of when we come into this plane of existence and the moment that we leave, our higher self, our energy, our essence has chosen for us and through us and then gave us full rights to choose how we fill the space in the best and highest way, discovering why we're here. And so when you hear somebody saving someone's life, I think that they've been placed into that person's life at the exact moment when their unique set of skills is most needed to extend life until its fulfillment. And that is just my little world of witnessing miracles and healings. I do monthly healing for, have a subscription group. It's called Quantum Freedom. And I do a lot of different energy programs and channeling programs for that group. And one of them, once a month, I do physical healings. I do physical, mental, and so forth healings. So we have little miracles every, you know, um, every month when people come and, and witness that. That's beautiful. I mean, both those stories are just so they're type of stories that make people believe like they're, they're type of stories that people need to believe with because i mean how can you hear that and not believe there's something more out there than what you know yeah i and it's actually i mean i'm all i'm all about synchronicities and mm. this this is my second interview in two days about where cancer was involved in the interview and my interview yesterday he actually he's a psychic and he actually predicted he had cancer before he was diagnosed with it because he had a, he saw he saw a reflection of himself in a window walking down the street, and the reflection said to him, "You have cancer." Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, yes, and yes. Like, so. And secondary, I mean, when I scan his energy, it's secondary. By the time they found it, they found it in his lungs, so it was a secondary, which is which is amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Well, gonna go off the paranormal track for one minute here, because I know I I heard you say you were from the Ukraine in the beginning. Yes. And I just got to ask, what do you think about what's going on there right now in the last year or so with with Russia? Well, first of all, it's not unexpected. You know, uh, when I hear on the news, oh, it's unexpected and how could it happen? It's been happening for 500 years <laughs> where yeah. where an independent entrepreneurial spirit is being squashed by a tyrant spirit. What a surprise. I mean, that's a paradigm. Now, um I'm going to tell you about the personal level and then about the metaphysical level, which are two different things. So personal level is, you know, I've lost family members. Uh, my, my great aunt, the troops, you know, broke into the house. They ate everything out and then they put her and the kids in the car and said, go get the food. She got in the car to drive to get the food for the invaders. They started shooting in the car and killed her on contact. Now, that's me. That's one person, one story. So what happens to the bubble girl when she hears that story, right? First, of course, I wanna say I want him dead. I want him all die. I want him dead, right? That's the normal. So it's so important not to suppress every level of what you want. Then I say, do you really want that, Vika? No, what do you want? I want peace. Great, what can you do? I can put all profit in my business into supporting the soldiers and orphans. Focus on that, Vika. Focus on creating peace. Do your one little thing. When you need to cry, cry. My app has my grief. There is a 90 set, 90 aspects of grief. I use my app, Empower-Me, because I have grief. I'm losing classmates. Now, that's the personal story of one person who is fiercely independent, who chooses life no matter what. And I can tell you, Ukrainians will not surrender. Why? They're minimis or they're maximis. We would rather die laughing than live crying. It's just a genetic makeup. That's, I mean, I'm wearing yellow. It's serendipitous. You know, your lack of synchronicity is yellow and blue. I was not intentional, but here I am in my Ukrainian semi-flag. So that is the one person and that is the one conviction. And having, of course, done the future reading, I am looking at March or April. Uh, that does not mean that's a prediction of the future. The future probability changes all the time. But taking the probability of the events as they are, my reading of the energy of the situation is that by March, April, Ukraine will have won the war and will start rebuilding. And that is that is what I'm pouring my energy into. Now, let's look at the metaphysics, which is way, way, way more interesting because everybody can now apply it to themselves. Metaphysically, remember I talked about shifting the BS, belief systems. Now, 
This will be hard for my co-Ukrainians who I adore and admire, but for every predator, there is a victim. And for every victim, there is a predator. In a narcissist and empath relationship, the empath does not know the boundaries, so they feel everything. The narcissist knows no boundaries, so they feel nothing. We're culturally taught to hate the predator and love the victim. The reality is we're to love them both until they heal. That's a very high metaphysical reality. So what happens in Ukraine? Ukraine's anthem starts with the phrase, Ukraine has not died yet. Think of a metaphysical energy. So what does it mean? It's a program, subconscious program of we have our freedom and we will die fighting for it. What happens to the Russian psyche? It's the psyche of, if only I have that, then I will be happy. So you have two very interesting energies. One says, I must protect what I got. And the other energy says, I can only be happy if I have what you have. While one is higher frequency than the other, the reality is both are developing the common consciousness, the human consciousness of, I allow life to go through me. I neither need to possess it or protect it. It's a huge shift for us as humanity. We're resisting it. We're bleeding actually against it. But that's what's happening metaphysically. So when you look at your relationship right now, you can see which track you're on. If you think, if only then, congratulations, you have predatorial patterns. Isn't that shocking? That's shocking. But it's okay. All of us have them. All of us go like, when then? That means I'm not giving myself permission to be happy now. That means I cannot manifest. And for those that are tyrants they will do anything to have that next thing and by the way they're never happy on the other thing if you feel that oh my gosh what if i lose this i must protect it that is that second frequency of creating through fear so to kind of sum up what we talked about bring it through ukraine bring it into personal relationships then we have a very gorgeous task as humanity to start with teeny tiny gratitude for every moment breathing moment that we have and then find one person to genuinely love and to genuinely serve every day. As we do that relentlessly, loving who we are and loving the one closest to us, our purpose becomes clear. And then, as I said, prosperity follows. Wow. I mean, I am so sorry for your personal loss, but I, and I hope you're right that by March or April, it does come to an end because it's been a long time now and, it's horrible. I mean, and you're right. Russia has been a tyrant mindset for the last thousand, two thousand years, maybe. Like before it was Russia, even. Like what, <laughs> just a, what a surprise, right? I mean, we're all so surprised. Wow, how did it happen? I know. Hello. I know. It's just the it's the way it goes. I mean, it's the way it goes, and it's sad, unfortunately. But but you know, Jeremy, something very important for me to say because it's in my heart is that. Russia is not evil. Evil energy is in Russia, the mindset, right? Two girls that are my best friends, my closest team came out of Russia. They couldn't be more loving, more spiritual, and more supportive. So it's just very important that the mindset does not mean that every person who comes from that land carries the mindset. I don't know oh, why I have to say it, but I had to. Yeah. Oh, oh no. I mean, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's one mad tyrant. That's all it is. Yes, it's not. Yes. Yes. It's not, it's not a nation of mad tyrants. It's one person or a group of a small group of people that run the country that are the issue. And I mean, it's been the same throughout history. I mean, I mean, mm -hmm. even going back to Genghis Khan and all that for everything. I mean, just, they have to have everything. So they keep conquering until there's nothing left to conquer. And still but, not happy. What a surprise. <laughs> Nope. I mean, it's just, I couldn't, I couldn't have someone from the Ukraine on here and not bring that up because I've yet to have anyone from Ukraine on the show. So, I mean, it's just, it had to be brought up and I wanted to hear it from like a spiritual perspective more than uh, turn on the news and hear what they're saying about it because 
and yeah, I mean, because we all know, we all know here that Russians are being lied to, and they don't even know what's really going on a lot of the time over there. So, see, people, there are people like my girls who saw what they believed and left, and there are people who are believing what they're seeing. Right? Why? Because yeah. once again, we don't believe what we see; we see what we believe. That's just so important. So important to understand. I agree. I agree. I mean, that's I'm a I'm a I'm a big like hater of the news. Like you can't you can't just like the news to me is listen watch the news if you want to be depressed and sad. That's the way I feel. Yeah, it's true. But but before we go though, if there's one message you had to share with people, what would you want to tell them? That's the la that's the last question I have for you before I let you give your before I let you sell yourself. Yeah, yeah you know, um, it's interesting because I usually have this one story that I share, but what's coming through is different, is that don't be afraid to become who you're called to become. Go through the depths of the fear till you connect to that spark deep inside of you, you know. I I've blocked my abilities for so long because I was afraid of them. And so if you find yourself blocking what you can find out because you're assigning fearful interpretation to it, I would invite you to realize that when you go through the depths of all fear, you will arrive at a spark of hope and a spark of light and a spark of understanding. And then you can start expanding that light and all of your talents will be channeled really for a greater good of all of us. Maybe one day I'll be your client, whoever you are, for whatever reason. It's a small world. It really is a very small world. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. I mean, the amount of people I know, I since I started podcasting, the amount of people that I meet on Facebook and other social media sites, and I talk to them, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I just had this great guest on my show, and I tell the name and everything. They're like, oh, I know them. But, <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, I, I love you even more, Jeremy. I have three of those right here behind me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is Munchkin, my uh, nine-month-old Mastiff. Oh, my gosh. Hi, tiny baby. You're so tiny. Yes, you yeah, are. Yeah, You're a so little tiny, tiny baby. Uh, <laughs> oh, my, my gosh. What a love bug. <laughs> yeah. And that tail is a deadly weapon. But so tell us, tell my listeners about your favorite current project going on and basically just sell yourself anything you want to put out there in the world your socials where they can find your stuff anything just this this is your time to shine i think if you if you guys want to become a, a part of a tribe uh the free quiz at moneyquiz.me is a really fun way to self-discover but um in terms of what we have to offer that would serve somebody the most right now is uh we're creating two cool journals manifest me and miracle me and i gotta tell you you know i said a quarter century ago my daughter's 25 right which is kind of crazy because i'm 28 so this is all confusing right but you know in my <laughs> little <laughs> so but my daughter is 25 and so when i first had her you know i was so exhausted by life by new responsibility and i was going to school and i was starting to work and then and so I just needed something. And I started this, what I called uh, Family Book of Miracles. I would like notice, the, notice these little synchronicities or signs. Some became gorgeous prophetic dreams. I mean, long story short, having a resource of my own little miracles has been a big making of a life of miracles. I believe I choose to live daily. And so this Miracle Me journal that we're creating on right now I just think it'll be an incredible, incredible gift for somebody. Um, so, you know, to live a life of miracles, which I think is what we're here for. And um, the best offer that I think we have is our Empower-Me app because we continually add incredible aspects to that app. For those of you that are high seekers of high frequencies, you want to know everything spiritual, metaphysical, channeling, check out our quantum uh, freedom 
at U2ShineYU, number2shine.com. Go to Empower Me Academy, check Quantum Freedom. Do not buy it. If you check it and you say, yep, everything in me tells me I belong in it, but it's three grand a year, email me. Email, you know, it'll tell you contact. Contact me and say, hey, I listened to you at Jeremy's Paranormal Show, and I will send you a coupon that'll get it down to nine hundred ninety nine a year so that that's going to be a little miracle gift it is that sounds amazing and i just want to thank victoria for being on the show because it's been an amazing show with a lot of lessons learned and i hope my listeners get as much out of this as i did because they will i think they will i can kind of sense it but as always my listeners know you can find me on facebook at paranormal new normal slash maniacal music musings podcast with the s facebook group on Twitter and the gram as at Juggalo Bastard and on TikTok as Juggalo Bastard Podcast and on YouTube as Paranormal the New Normal. Just search the name and it'll, all my videos are up there once the episode releases on all the podcast, all the podcatchers. We are on Good Pods, Spotify, and apparently I am most popular on Apple Podcasts. I did not see that coming. I was Spotify for a long time and now Apple Podcasts just is over half my listeners. So thank you, Apple listeners. I appreciate you. So, and all my listeners, I appreciate. And my dog is snoring in my ear. But but once again, I'll thank Victoria once more for coming on. And for all my watchers, well, actually, no one's watching. Watchers, you're bringing watchers in now. Oh, yes, I am. For all my watchers, I will be back on Monday with another paranormal interview. And for all my listeners, I'll see you in half a week. Thank you all and have a good night. And Victoria, thank you. It's been a blessing. Thank you. Thank you.